You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode down at the Oklahoma Hall of Fame today with the president and CEO. Please welcome to the podcast, uh, Mrs. Shannon Rich. Hello. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to, to sharing the story. Uh, Jeff sent me your bio and, and kind of reading through it. And you had, you know, the amazing job of, of I guess, opening this, this amazing building up, right? And having, you know, built what we have today, uh, as well as the 90 years of history we have for well, 90 plus years now plus, yeah. for, uh, for the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. Um, I guess before we get into that, you graduated from OCU. I did. Um, and then, you know, just kind of looking at the bio, which is on the website, if anyone wants to go to it, OklahomaHallOfFame.com. Um, we've just been chatting. You love your golf too, which is, it's a big plus in my book. Well, I That's love awesome. golf. Nobody would have offered me a golf scholarship. Let me be clear about that. I do. I didn't start playing until I was 35, but I do yeah. love golf. So you started quite late then. I did. You know, it's funny. I was in the hotel business before this job and I, as a woman, there weren't a lot of golfers. And so I was at a golf tournament uh, doing what most women did at the time, which was drive the beer cart. Right. And I had a customer that was going to do a proposal for, and he told me about the eighth hole that he had agreed to go to my competitor because he was playing golf with my competitor. And I decided at that moment I was no longer going to not play golf. Yeah. Um, and I love, I play, grew up playing softball. Um, and so I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go take some lessons and mm-hmm. um, Steve Ball out here. Oh yeah. Um, his little course, went out there and took some lessons. And because of uh, softball, I have kind of some muscle memory things I had to sure, change. Sure, came but I, I can drive, I can drive it. Now my short game is, Yeah. is where the cussing we talked about earlier kind of comes <laughs> in sometimes. Right. Not friendly family language, but yeah. yeah. Every golfer you get, like if you grow up on a golf course, you're around it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what part of the world you're in, you've been around it because it's such a frustrating game. Uh, but that's good. You kind of naturally grew to it. And and people say I grew up just kind of, it was, you know, I had a golf club in my hand from the age of five. And then I grew to learn the business side of it. Right. And then, but coming into it from 35, you're like, oh, I get to spend four and a half, maybe five hours with somebody. Even when my nephews and my brother, you know? I mean, I just, just, you don't, you don't, what I've learned about golf is you don't spend that kind of time with people. It's unfortunate, right? but you just don't get to spend that kind of time. And then as I went through Leadership Oklahoma or even um, other groups or organizations, spending four hours with people is, is quality time. And there's your best yeah. day at work is never as good as being on a golf course, even if you're, ter- even, you know, right. even if it's just not that great of a game, um, it's just fun. And we have great weather sometimes. It's just fun to be outside. Yeah. So I'm, it's, I enjoy it. And so you grew up playing softball. Did you play softball at school? Um, I played softball all through high school and yeah. then I uh, was not good enough. I love, you know, OCU, you've interviewed Cammie sure. and, um, uh-huh. and her and Ashley, um, yeah. with Oklahoma Brides, but, um, they, uh, they are more championships than any other NAIA school for softball. So no, I did not get to play for them. But yeah. I, I love softball. I played intramurals and well, Oklahoma's so rich for for softball mm-hmm. as well. And I didn't realize that until um, I think uh, we should be having soon um, the women's college world series. Yes, definitely. And just like the new renovation of the stadium mm-hmm. and everything that's. You know, I didn't realize how big it was until I, you know, you'd see it on TV once a year and you're like, oh, it's next to Lincoln Golf Course and then, you know, you kind of see it. But I didn't realize how, how big it was until I started doing this and diving into the history and and Coach Gasso's, like, the legacy that she, she has. And yeah. then, uh, you know, with Lauren Chamberlain, kind of that stuff as well. Um, yeah, it's, Oklahoma has so many stories. It's a great, it's a great, that's why we love what you do. Um, you're it. just the synergy of what you do mm-hmm. in our mission is incredible. But with softball, I, you know, I've got to be the co-chair of that event for several years um, and be part of that host committee with the NCAA. Yeah. And it is for women's sports. And again, I'm a fan of obviously sports, but women's sports for sure. And having our city featured in a national level, but people come, whether their team is playing, they buy tickets years in advance. It sells out in advance. People don't understand that. And then they have to come and buy tickets maybe from somebody from Louisiana because their team isn't in right. or, or ASU because Arizona State didn't make it and but they're here because they want to yeah. watch some of the soccer. And you always see their team buses around getting mm-hmm. dinners downtown going to movies going to fuzzies whatever it is like the it's am- it's amazing how much stuff it brings to to the state. Oh, it's a massive city. economic generator for the city, but it, again it just creates these heroes. These watching Jenny Finch 
and these girls line up. I mean, if you think about a rod or you think about male, their equivalent in their in their sport, these girls are their yeah. feet away from Kat Osterman and all these people that have made history. So it's it's a great yeah. It's, uh, and Patty Gasso is amazing. That's one thing. Like I need to. I mean, like I said, there's so many stories, and I have the good thing is I have a lot of time to to interview plenty of people. But it's just getting to that and it's getting it done and then sharing as many stories as possible. Which I'm sure that's one thing that you've been able to do while you've been doing this job is meeting all these people and, and finding out stories that you never would have known before. It is the best part. I'm a fifth generation Oklahoman. I'm a native. Um, mm-hmm. Family's been here. We found some letters um, when my aunt recently passed away. We have for, we have letters that were dated from IT. We were here Indian territory. Yeah. Um, so. It is. It wasn't cool to be from Oklahoma when I graduated high school, and I won't tell you when that was, but it was a while back, and it just wasn't a good place. Most of my friends all graduated and went to Dallas or to D.C. Mm-hmm. or Chicago. Um, those were the big cities at the time, and now there are generations of proud Oklahomans, and even if they're going away to be educated, they're going to come back and build their business. And, yeah. and so these stories of, of all these people that maybe at the time were just playing it, they thought, you know, a, a small role, but it turns out it was pivotal in where mm-hmm. we are. You know, I, I spoke at commencement last year at OCU and Ron Norick or Mike Knopp, if they hadn't been passionate about what they were passionate about, we would not have the river. We would yeah. not have maps. We, um, it just, it's one or two voices can make the difference. And that's mm-hmm. why these stories are so important. I love what you do. Appreciate that. It's, uh, it makes it a lot worth, you know, I, as much as I would love to spend five hours on a golf course with people, <laughs> you know, the dream job, I guess, uh, there would be a lot of editing if we had to do a podcast on a golf course. For sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I like guess it's, it's so much fun. I've got to learn so much and, and I was fortunate to sit with Mike for, for about mm-hmm. 45 I minutes and hear his story. And, you know, just from going in and seeing a flyer on the wall at OSU to like, oh, I'm going to become, you know, start rowing. And now that's like the whole Leaving river in the boat has history. My husband's an attorney. I cannot imagine my husband coming home going, I think I'm going to take this ditch yeah. and turn it into this. I'm going to leave my law practice, leave yeah. a good government job and come do that. What do you think? I don't, that would, that's commitment. And we are better for it. We are better we because are, he took yeah. that risk. And, you know, now we have an Olympic facility, which it's who crazy. thinks you, Oklahoma City has an Olympic rowing facility. They are now. It's it blows my mind. It's awesome. Um, so, did you grow up in Oklahoma City the entire? Like, I grew up in Yukon. We affectionately call it the seven three zero nine nine. Yeah, I know you've done stories. With people uh, that's in, in my Yukon. area code too. Yeah, yeah I'm out so, there. So uh, it was a great. It was a small town. My husband makes fun of it because uh, I, me, because I say it was a small town when I grew up. My mom would tell me you could go in town, but I couldn't go to the city. So Oklahoma City was separated by Northwest 39th out way. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, now it's all become part of one, but it was, we didn't have a hospital. We had a Sonic and I think we got a Dairy Queen my senior year, Taco Bell. So, I mean, it was a small town, relatively speaking. So Yeah. yeah, I grew up there. That just just driving through. I remember when my, my parents first came to town and we drove kind of out to Yukon and down Route 66. And like I said, they're all kind of mixed. It's all one now. Yeah. You drive from Bethany and you're instantly in Yukon um, under the turnpike. But you're driving in and you drive up that old high street. And mm-hmm. you, you can imagine it being like dirt roads and mm-hmm. carts everywhere, you know, with the green salt and everything like that. Absolutely. But it's growing so fast now. Yukon well, it's is. crazy. I saw the softball bus. We had some friends whose uh, daughters play on the softball team and we saw the softball bus which is a charter bus now. I'm thinking about all the times we spent in a hot, sweaty, yellow bus driving. Uh, but they, it's, it's the high school looks like a, like Heritage Hall almost to me. Yeah, like it's, it's huge. It's amazing. Yeah. So you go to OCU from high school. What, what is, what was like the, the kind of, I mean, you know, you're 17, 18 years old going to going to university. Do you think? Do you know what you want to do in life at that point, or are you just kind of figuring it out? Um, well, you know, I took a different path. I actually went to OSU first. I actually didn't. Um, I had some, I had a different route. My mm-hmm. mom used to joke that I would, um, you know, it wasn't like a passport. You didn't need to get school stamped. You lost credit <laughs> hours. Um, I didn't really yeah. know what I wanted to do. And yeah. I knew I needed to go to college, but I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And then finally I, uh, I um, left school kind of not doing very well and decided I was just going to work. I didn't need a degree. I was just going to work in retail. And I did that for about six months and went, I'm going to get a degree. <laughs> yeah, I've had enough of I don't want to clock in and out and, and do that. And so um, I, I went back to school and went to OCU. And at that point in time in my, my life, I knew that I, um, I, it, it was no longer, is this going to be on the test? I really was trying to learn and understand. And so I was in the hotel business as kind of a desk clerk and worked my way up into sales. And so I really thought the hotel business would be where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's, I had a big degree in marketing and minor in communications. And I thought that's what I wanted to do. 
Um, and whenever Mr. Hammonds opened the hotel here, the Renaissance, that was the first hotel we had opened in 20 years, full, first four diamond yeah. full, full service hotel. And so I thought that's what I wanted to do. And I really was working at a, a smaller property in Oklahoma City, Northwest Highway, the Hilton at the time, and uh, didn't have any business, wasn't really qualified to open the new hotel, but I just knew nobody would work harder. And I knew I didn't yeah. want to relocate, didn't want to leave Oklahoma. So the only way I was going to work in a four diamond hotel was to get the chance to open that hotel. And so fortunately I, I was able to yeah. talk them into taking a chance and hiring me to do that. And um, Was that quite a, quite a tough process to convince them to take a chance? Uh, you know, I don't, I, I, I feel really fortunate. I, I, for every job I've really wanted, I've gotten the interview. I, um, but I feel, feel like they knew I was passionate about Oklahoma and yeah. they were not, they were headquartered obviously in Missouri. And so they weren't, weren't sure of that. And Ron Norick and Mr. Hammonds had made a connection. And I think they knew that, that was what was going to be key to their success was having a local person sure. help sell that facility. So, um, it worked out really well and I helped him open the courtyard here. And then we, I had some help. I helped them with the t- Tulsa property. So, yeah. So how long were you in the, in the hotel industry for? Well, I worked in, the, in, in high school in the fr- as a front desk clerk okay. and then um, worked off and on in hotels just because it was an easy, they have, there's always, the hotel's always open, so you can always get a shift yeah. somewhere at the desk or whatever, and then ended up in sales. And uh, so off and on, probably about 10, 12 years. Um, and that was what I was doing before I came here. I was a, mm-hmm. um, a director of sales and marketing and um, kind of yeah. property. I kind of helped Mr. Hammonds. We'd go out and look at different properties. Yeah. We'd bet on basketball. He was a good guy. Well, that's awesome. So then the process of this job comes up, I guess, the, you know, they're thinking of buying this building and all, and all that is happening. What piques your interest to be like, I want to go work for the Hall of Fame? You know, I have to tell you, I didn't really, uh, at the time, I really wanted to run the Oklahoma City Convention and Visitors Bureau. I really felt like that was something that my voice could sell mm-hmm. the city well. And so I was working with my friend James Ferris to help me get my resume ready for that. And in that process... Uh, Clay Bennett was the chairman of the organization time and he had they had made a decision they had changed leadership here and so Ferris called me one day when I was in Tulsa and said you have a meeting tomorrow with Clay Bennett and I said I don't I don't really want that job they're one of my they were one of my clients the Renaissance hosted host the Oklahoma Hall of Fame and so so I really want to be the CBB director and he's like this is something that I think this I've looked at the job description this is you nobody loves Oklahoma more than you this is awesome for you yeah and so it's at the time you know it's funny um it's career altering not to take a meeting with Clay Bennett so yeah, I thought, I'd agree with that I thought, it's probably not I can't not go to this meeting right and so my goal was just to not um to just make sure that he was uh impressed but that we were just going to, you know, we had different, we had, at the time, it's funny, we had a different idea about the hotel tax. He, okay. The sons, we had different opinions about that. And so um, it's a regressive tax. We still don't agree on it. But ultimately, we, we, are, we are fine with it. Yeah. Um, and so I just wanted it to go okay. And so we met, and honestly, he talked me into this job. He said, you know, if you can do this for four years, then mm-hmm. um, I, he knew I had political ambition. And he said, if you do this, then you'll have a whole statewide group of people that you can um, help you run a campaign. And yeah. Um, you help us get in this building, get the programming set, and you, I had already opened obviously multiple hotels, and he was like, "We got to get through a construction phase. Help us do it, and and, yeah. uh, and you can do it." And then he talked about the programming, talked about what it meant to be in the Hall of Fame, and it it did resonate with me deeper than I thought it would. Right, but initially it was just kind of do four years. That's all kind of just, mm-hmm. and then we'll see. He probably knew that he's like, "You're probably gonna be hooked after this," but kind of selling a short term to you. Oh, you know, we only need it for four yep. years, and then that four years. I fell in love with our mission. I mean, I think the thing that we didn't do before I got here because we just had limited capacity was all of our children's programming and all of the legacy sure. building that we do. But the Hall of Fame, it is, it is. Uh, you're getting to meet all these great people across the state. And I I uh, get to meet Oklahoma's best and brightest and I get to help tell their story and, and mm-hmm. they have an affinity to our state. And so to see Alfre Woodard, to see uh, Vince Gill and to see all of these people that are ambassadors for us every day, um, but also Dr. Phil Kistler, in, who's at the Mayo Clinic, who invented Coumadin. I mean, these Oklahomans have yeah. are changing the world. And so to get to see that every day um, is is pretty inspiring. Right. So that meeting goes better than you expect. It, it did. Uh, or actually, I guess it's more of a shock than, than a you know, great meeting with Mr. Bennett. And like you said, you can't turn that meeting down. Right. Uh, what year was that meeting? Uh, it was 2004. So he was kind of 
in the process of trying to build bringing the thunder here and kind of I guess not just yet. getting into it not yet no, ch- no it's just a dream it was it was a, I don't even think they thought about it then because it was really not until 2000 when the hurricane it was 08 or not was it 08 yeah, it was yeah when the hurricane hit and we helped house um the hornets the hornets that's whenever I think they thought this could be something that we okay. could make happen I mean, I think there's always been a hope between right. him and Ron Nork, other people, that we would ha- be a big league city. What that meant, what team it was, I don't know. But I think yeah. after the Hornets were here, it I'm was so glad it wasn't NHL. I don't know that it would fit with our culture uh, yeah. here, um, but but clearly basketball. I was not a big basketball. I've always been a college basketball fan, but I've mm-hmm. never really got into it until we had a team. Yeah. So, so it wasn't on his radar. His radar was definitely Mr. Gaylord had had been looking for a home for the Oklahoma Hall of Fame for a long time, meritus of our state's highest honor. And so I think Clay carried that torch. And um, so in his mind, this is the building was going to be a legacy that we could um, create and keep and, and create a home for us mm-hmm. and, and do that. And so I think that was what his goal was yeah. to get it off the ground. So had they found the building and when you had that meeting? Yeah, actually, Mr. Gidler had purchased the building, had made the funds to don- donated to where we could do it, and he we closed on the building um, to September 5th, 2001, and then September 11th happened, and everything stalled. Wow. And so in a donate, in the, in the, in the world of, um, of fundraising, you know, everybody just kind of withdrew, yeah. and, and so we kind of, everything just set still for three years, and then they were going to revitalize it. So I came in 2004. Um, in October, November, and then we started meeting with Mr. Pickens in March about kind of revitalizing this campaign and getting sure. it going and showed him the vision of what we had. And he made a, a, a $3 million donation. And that's that's what started everybody getting excited about it again. So it sat from closing they, day for like four years until, yeah, or five years until again. Yeah, it's set because of, yeah, it just said it wasn't the right time in yeah. the market. And we're still a relatively small organization at the time. They had three staff members. Yeah. So now we have, you know, 11 full-time staff members um, and, a, and another, you know, eight or nine part-time to help us make this happen. But it was, it's pretty small staff to not be able to make it work. Yeah. So they just kind of had to. What was it like walking in the building that first time? It was creepy. Wearing it was just, a hard hat and a uh, yeah, I mean, there was, jacket. It was, it was literally kind of, they they had, in the 90s, they had shut the building down and it had been in receivership. And mm. so there were just phones. It was kind of like people just stopped one day and walked out of the building. And that's, that's what it was. So we had yeah. to come in and, and sell everything in it and get everything out of it. And then uh, Smith Pickle and uh, Randy Elliott, their crew came in and, and really put the finite details in. Did a great job. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. It's a beautiful place to come. Yeah, it's not a bad place to come to work every day. It's not is a it? bad place. Well, I live about a thousand feet from here, so it's not a bad place to be. And it's a nice commute. It, it is a great. I walk <laughs> a lot. I walk a lot when the weather permits, for sure. Yeah, which is depending on Oklahoma weather. It could be tomorrow on any given day. It, it could be, be December. <laughs> sometimes not in July, because by ten o'clock it's already hundred yeah. degrees. So yeah, it's not a fun walk home, is it? No. Um, so you come in, you start the campaign, the cleaning up the building. Was the building finished by the time? How long was that process till it was? finished while you were working here? Um, I came in, we, we opened the building, um, May 10th, 2007. We had hoped to open okay. up 2006, but actually the synergy worked really well because, um, May 10th, um, 1927 was the time that Mr. Stewart opened the building as the Midcontin Life Insurance. So 80 years yeah. to the day, we opened it under its new name, which is the Oklahoma Hall of Fame and the Gaylord Pickens Museum. Yeah. So it was a uh, it was, I think we had so much anticipation of what was going to happen and we were, had worked on exhibits. And again, I had my background because again, I, on paper probably wasn't qualified to run a museum. I was right. qualified to get them through construction and, and do that. But, um, we wanted it to be inspiring. And so we were hopeful that kids would get it whenever we had these exhibits that we created and, and wanted to, um, connect them with our, with Oklahomans mm-hmm. from the past and, and even contemporary Oklahomans. And so the first busload of kids that came that were, in and, and you could hear them in the halls and you could hear their voices. I mean, it was it was like a relief. It was such a sigh because yeah. of just relief because we we could tell they thought they, they got it. And so. And was there kind of like the same as there is now pictures on the walls of people who were already 
you know, in the Hall of Fame from previous years past. And yes, the portraits have always, and they will always be on the yeah. walls. Um, but the exhibits will continue to sure. change and how we tell those stories. But I think interactive, we knew and even in 2007, that technology was going to play a big role in where museums were going, that it couldn't mm -hmm. just be static exhibits. So we have always tried to be in the place of, of uh, allowing students to come in and interact and, and yeah. make a memory and create something while they're here. Yeah. So what was that, I guess, launch day, building up to the launch day? And, you know, you got all this stuff going on. You super excited but nervous at the same time like how was that process uh you know sleep is for the week that's what you start <laughs> realizing that in the hotel business you don't sleep either so yeah. you open a hotel and you, you just don't sleep and so i think there was i was like this is just what i do i guess yeah. but probably 90 days before the entire team that was here we just we were literally hanging pictures and putting exhibits together and um it was a lot it was it, it's it's the it's one of the most proud things i'll ever do probably in my career is have mm -hmm. have this um, have this building and have it open and, and see, again, just see kids come through and yeah. uh, know that we are telling the stories of Oklahomans, but also creating generations of Oklahomans that are proud of their heritage. Yeah. And visitors that come, you know, um, that come in and, and think, oh, well, I didn't, I don't know much about Oklahoma, or I didn't know, people don't know Reba was from here, that Mr. Gaylor, everybody thinks Mr. Gaylor's from Nashville for some reason. And so I just, to have people go, oh, Mickey Mantle? I didn't know that. And so it's a lot of talent on loan mm -hmm. from Oklahoma. Um, so it's, again, changing the perceptions. I, in the hotel business, I got, got offered a job in D.C., and so I went to meet with them, and um, they really gave me the head tilt. I'm sure you got it when you went back home when I'm going to move back to Oklahoma. They were like, oh, okay. And then they don't quite get it. And I think yeah. once you're, once you're here, there's just a quality of life and it's, it's the people. Yeah. You're, that's totally right. And I, it's, and I've had friends that have come over. My parents have come over. And when my, so my, when I first came to the States, uh, my dad came out with me, got me settled into school and then they didn't return or my dad didn't return. My mum didn't come for the, my, my mum came for the first time when I graduated. So typical mother, she was like, you know, worried, are you okay? And I'd built a, you know, great friend group and, and family of, parents of my great you know friends and stuff who became my family basically um she came to my graduation party which is at a friend's uh parents house and she's like i get it now mm -hmm. like i'm i really I, I feel much better it took her four years to come out here but yeah. she like she's like well like now i understand that you have all these people around you i don't worry about you so much now like yeah. oh, i'm almost 25 yeah. <laughs> like i'm Let okay it go. yeah <laughs> yeah uh, and she loves coming out now and in fact uh, in a couple of weeks my aunt will come out as well just to kind of travel and see it and like it's you know i've had friends that have had a friend of mine i grew up playing soccer against now plays for the energy and we wow. live a mile from each other back home Wow. Yeah. Small. Small. Well, he called me two years ago. He's like, hey, uh, can I stay at the house in a couple of weeks? I'm like, you, my house? Like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Here in Oklahoma? Yeah. I was like, why? He's like, well, just had a call from the coach and, and I'm coming on trial in two weeks. I was like, yeah, sure. Come on out. Absolutely. Uh, trial went very well. Excellent. So he's still here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, small world. And he, he knows it too. Like we've had friends, mutual friends come out and, and hang out with us and they're like, why you know, do we have to come to Oklahoma? Like, just come, just have yeah. a bit of food, come for the weekend, right. and they stay all week. Yeah, and they have a great time. Um, what is talking about like family and heritage and generation stuff? What did mom and dad think when you took the job? You know, it's funny. My my mom has always just been, you know, you can do whatever. Yeah, uh, you don't don't get caught mm -hmm. up in the fact you haven't done museums and all that. And my brother is probably my older brother, Randy, is the one that was you know, more skeptical or more worried. And part of it stems from, you know, when I left the hotel business, he said, you know, what does this mean for my travel discounts? <laughs> How is this going to affect me? Um, but yeah. I, I think they are proud of what, um, what we stand for. And I think getting that message out and again, I think dispelling any myths and all those things, I think it make it fun for them to tell them where I work and what yeah. I do. So opens, you go back and you go back to opening gate, all, all those great, um, you know, and you have this huge impact and then you're into, I guess, the last couple of years you think that you're going to be there. Was it like a contract or was it just like, I'm going to do four years? And when did you know that I want to do this for more than four years? Well, I think, I think that, uh, like I said, I fell in love with the mission and I could see so many possibilities of what we could do. It's never the same day Yeah. here. Um, but I think ultimately, I think I told you I had, had decided I was going to run for office and politics had gotten so bad then and it's mm -hmm. totally different. It's even worse <laughs> it's now. Completely different. But at the time it had gotten so bad and bloody that I just didn't want to do it. I didn't want to put my family through it. I didn't want to do yeah. it. And I'd lost my passion for that, but had um, really grown a passion for 
the scholarships provide and the and the children's programming and mm -hmm. there was just so many things here that we could do so that's that's it just there, there never was a hard and fast date that I was like I'm gonna leave and you're yeah. gonna do this but it was just kind of kept you, you know, just here we are 15 just, years yeah, later so started it's worked, and it's worked left. out yeah it's worked out and and to that point like with the kids program um you know it's it, it says I on this I assume this number's probably gone up but it says for over 45,000 students have experienced the museum um, through the field, through the free field trip program. Right. I assume it's gone up since then. It has. Yeah. Uh, we see around 5,000 um, every year just through that free field trip program. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. That's one of the legacies. I'm super proud of our team board. Um, the Dell Foundation started that grant, and our team board is, has carried the mantle forward to um, – you know, field trips at different times, especially as bus as gas gets higher, you know, buses don't roll mm -hmm. for for field trips. Um, it's a, it's a luxury. So being able to take the price problem away from from educators right. and and allow them the opportunity to either get a gas stipend or a free lunch and come and we provide them curriculum, we provide them the educational opportunity when they're here, and then we provide a post visit experience. Yeah. Um, it's and again, I think augmenting the the, the classroom materials. We just have education continues to get cut. And so what we're hearing from, from students and from teachers is that this allows them to have an experience outside the classroom but still meet the standards that right. they're supposed to. And I think when you put a face with a name, and again, it's why, the, why what you do is so compelling to people. Mm -hmm. um, you can talk about Oklahoma being great, but when you start talking about the people and their stories and you talk about the fact that Boone Pickens was from a small town and his mom raised him and his grandmother raised him and that, you know, he – lost his fortune a couple of times and still counseled five presidents still did all that he did and he's from you know holdenville yeah um that gives some kid from northwest oklahoma or southeast oklahoma hey i can i can be from a small town i can be from a single mm -hmm. parent home i can i can do anything i want to do yeah. um that's whenever you start seeing the connections of um creating that pride um that we didn't frankly have before right yeah because there's so many kids in school that and it's easier to see instant gratification and instant success today, isn't it? Mm -hmm. With social media and just, you know, oh, this, they see someone who's driving a nice car or has a great business and they think they've done it overnight. And then you read, like, Mo Anderson's story. Oh, my gosh. Right? And you go from that to, you know, like I said, success, failure, success, failure. Right. And you get to where she's at now. Right. And you're like, I need a nap you know. listening to her schedule. And she's 82 <laughs> years old. I mean, I, I need a nap from yeah. just hearing her. But you're right. I think from Wacomas, Oklahoma... Yeah. basically built saved Keller Williams from yeah. going under and I remember the first time I saw Mo uh, was probably because I, I started at Keller Williams in real estate and I went to a conference in Midwest City and it was probably about five years ago now through four years ago now and I get to this conference everyone's there and then um, you know you kind of walking in and I see just this car pull up and then, you know like she's very successful it's a very nice car but it's a car you expect someone to be driven in mm -hmm. right she gets out of the driver's seat and she's yeah. like hey guys and just walks in with everybody yeah and then just kind of waltzes i'm like that's i just super down to earth great person and then gets up and talks in front of you know three or four thousand people like you were in her house right. talking to you and she actually did invite us to her house we went to her house and got yeah. to see like her the little know, the ice cream parlor there. and everything yeah, say, <laughs> the, the little best. cottage that she has out there yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. it's beautiful but um it's stories like that isn't it that really inspire the kids because you got like, like i said you got kids coming in here from from schools and and you know I, we could go on for hours talk about an education system needing to be to improve but they don't get what they deserve, right? There's so right. much funding that's needed for supplies. And, and I did a podcast with Midtown Rotary recently, and they last year supplied mu you know music equipment to one school. Um, and next said, you come here on a free experience, and they get to see, you know, like you just explained, like Mr. Pickens' story or Mo's story right. or whatever it is. Like, it's hope, isn't it? And yeah. it just gives them that, like, spark. The number one way people look up a hall of famer is their hometown so that's the indicator here okay. so again you'd go in and i'd go in from yukon and see who from yukon is there but yeah. if you're from wacomas or you're from holdenville or you're from one of these small towns you don't maybe have a lot of those people that you think but then you get here and you realize that there has there is a legacy of leadership or mm -hmm. or it's in your nearby area and i think that's what students and whether you're from a rural environment or an urban environment whether you're african-american native american asian-american there is somebody here that has done something 
that is amazing that yeah. can that you can identify with whether it's from your hometown or whether it's from the field of work you want to pursue um, we Oklahomans have been the first the best and the only in so many things mm-hmm. that even even Carrie Underwood I mean you go to you know American Idol and she's from Shakota and what are the odds yeah um, and so that's those are the stories that we like to tell. Um, and again, we like to tell them, you know, Ed Ruscha, the artist from Northwest Class, all, there's just so many um, Oklahomans that have done so many things. Well, I, I'm just kind of looking down last year's list of inductees. And, you know, you have uh, James Day, Pond Creek, mm-hmm. Trisha Everest, Oklahoma City, Greg Fredrickson, Oklahoma City, John Harrington, with two. Tomka? Yeah. Where's that? Um, it's down south of Ada. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, he's Native American. He's Chickasaw. Yeah. He's first Native American um, in space. Steve Largent, Tulsa. Uh, Steve Largent's really from Oklahoma City, but he lives in Tulsa. <laughs> so we get, we, and he went to UT, so he's yeah. Tulsa. But the, there's a lot of those dual cities, but yeah. Um, John Nickel, Muskogee, mm-hmm. and then JC, JC Watts, you follow, and then um, Chief Allen Wright, who's right. from uh, Choctaw Nation. Yeah. That's, I like that as well, that like someone, it's not just, like the people who are in it, like, um, like Chief Allen, his he's passed his and he's still yeah. in it. Like that's that's cool for legacy purposes, isn't right. it? Like I really like that, just from a personal standpoint. But talk of Hall of Fame, like the it's coming up soon, right? The deadline for the deadline for nomination yeah. is coming up. I think that's probably one of the greatest uh, misconceptions is that you have to be. Um, from a certain family, or you have to live, you have to be an elected official. Anybody can nominate someone. So okay. So there, is there like a? I guess there is a criteria, but it's very loose. It's a, there is a criteria. You have to be a resident or former resident of the state. Um, lived here for a meaningful period of time is okay. what we like to say. Um, have performed outstanding service to humanity, the state of Oklahoma, and the United States. So you have to kind of be a leader, a Mo Anderson, yes, um, uh-huh. if you will. And then you've had to have brought honor and distinction to the state uh, through your efforts and contributions. And so you think about, um, you know, Kristen Chenoweth, or you think about, uh, again, Dr. Kistler, who yeah. is, uh, you know, it, or Jordan Tang, or, or I'm just thinking about all the people that are not just in, in show business, the people that um, have, have made a meaningful impact on our world, and they've done it, and they've, they fly the Oklahoma flag. They're right. proud to be from Oklahoma. Um, that's that's what we're about. Okay. Because I recently had Hal Smith on the podcast, uh, and I told him, I asked him, I was like, how was that experience? And and if, if you're listening, you want to see the video of it, there's a video of it on our Facebook and YouTube channel and Instagram. He teared up about it. He's the best. Like, of all the things he's done, you mm-hmm. know, like you CEO of Chili's he's and all this other deal. amazing stuff. And he's like, that's, that, I, he said, I can't, I think his words were, I can't, I still can't believe it happened. And that was in 2017. Mm-hmm. And, you know, someone, again, who's come from nothing to right. where he's at. Right. Uh, and is the most humble. Oh, yeah. Stand behind the crowd. You want to honor me. Literally, when I called him, he was like, that's one of the best things, too, I get to do is call somebody and tell them that you've been selected for induction. Yeah. And he um, was like, no, I don't No, I don't think so. I mean, do you have <laughs> me? Are you really? sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, but, again, those are the kind of people that you get to meet and get to know. And then you know part of their story, but then as you... You right. Visited with him. There's so much more. Oh, we could have sat there for four or five yeah. hours. It's you have a you have the best gig. It's a great. <laughs> it's, it's a great. It's deal. a lot of fun. I'm, he invited me to play golf. So one day we'll. Oh I'm my looking gosh. To that, if he invited you, me if to play golf a, with Sandy. There's now. extra. Um, we can you know, do that because he he said Sandy would join us. So there's three. So stop you can, it. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Us. I'm in. Let's do it. Um, that was great to sit with him and and if you've heard the podcast it's funny because at about an hour in I, I, I've lot I couldn't think of anything else to say so I kind of tried to close and we end up talking for another 30, 30 minutes which is great because I kind of found his love for music and like he told all these stories about him singing with Vince Gill and Toby yeah. Keith and just again all these other Oklahoma greats and stuff yeah um, but, but I mean back to the criteria anyone really they just I mean, you can if you do enough and you love the state you can be in there it's yeah, a, it's a think, new goal for me, lifetime yeah, goal. There you go. I th- and I think that's the thing is I think, and I think you're doing something that's meaningful to our state. So uh-huh. while you weren't born here, you've lived a formidable period of time and you're making a difference. And uh-huh. I think that's what Hal has done quietly. And he's been obviously a leader in his field. He's been successful by all other rights, but um, he gives back Yeah. and uh, he, and he flies the Oklahoma flag. He loves Oklahoma. But the nomination uh-huh. form is on our website and it's posthumous, as you mentioned, or a living person. And I would say that people don't think 
people think we know everybody's story or that because you know we're a small we're a nonprofit we are, receive no state or federal funding so if you don't tell us about your local right. fire chief that raised all the funds to get the volunteer department going that got the government involved that got them in fire I mean we don't know that also so, coaches the kids that also and coaches all that the stuff. kids yeah. that save 27 yeah. people right. that you have to tell us those stories so fill the forms out don't assume that we know we don't have a massive staff we mm -hmm. have one person who receives the nominations and gets them to the committee. So take the time and fill the format because we also have a magazine and we have an, a museum. So even if it's not induction, right. it's, there's still a way for us to tell those stories and we want, we need to know those stories. Yeah. Yeah. It's content that, like I said, people need to hear. Absolutely. And you've got the platform to just keep sharing that. For sure. Um, and it, like I said, it's, 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 it's hard when you have, I mean, Oklahoma's not the biggest of states, but there's still that many stories here. Mm -hmm. Everyone's got a story. And it's just finding out, like, it, you could spend years trying to find people in just Oklahoma City. For sure. Stories. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I'll, uh, if everyone listening, the link for the description will be below to, to go and, you know, I guess, put someone forward and tell their story. Absolutely. And um, they can always call the office and speak with Brenda and see mm -hmm. if they've got questions about the process or the nomination form. You know, we recommend that you not tell the person that you're wanting to nominate because right. it doesn't always happen the first year. In fact, it hardly ever happens the first year they're nominated. Yeah. Um, but I definitely would call if you've got questions. We, we need the stories. We want a diverse group of people nominated so that we have all that to mm -hmm. choose from. People constantly ask me, what about so-and-so? And what about so-and-so? I'm like, you've got to nominate them. Yeah. I can't, we can't self-nominate, um, but we would be happy to help you through the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause if you did self-nominate, right, you kind of, you'd go back to, oh, it's in everyone's family. And, and it's exactly right. It's it impugns not, the, yeah. it impugns the, and I will say we get a lot of critics. Um, anytime you take six to eight people and honor them, you're going to not honor 2.5 million. Yeah. And so you're going to get critics, but I can tell you being part of this process for a long period of time now, it's a fair process and it's a very thoughtful and deliberate one. And a lot of weight's given to geographic diversity and all diversity and field of work and, and making sure it represents, but it's only from people that are nominated. So if right. there's a hundred nominations, let's say by the time they get down to the top 30, they all deserve to be in. Yeah. And so if we only have a hundred nominations, that's that's the class we're that's that's what we're working with. So if you feel like somebody's story is compelling that we need to know, please take the time to fill it out. Yeah, it must be so hard to pick six to eight people every year. It is. It is a difficult it's process. So it is a difficult process, yeah. but it but it works. And it's always you leave the night. You if you've been to, have you been to the event? Have you been I to Hall of Fame? No. You, you got to come to the Hall of Fame. It is you. You can't not leave inspired. From all four corners this year, we had, a, you know, you, you we had. Um, Francis Ford Coppola introducing, you know, Gray Fredrickson. So you have a person who's an Academy Award winner who lived here when his put his daughter in school. He was filming Rumblefish and Outsiders, mm -hmm. and then you've got an astronaut. We've got in space the first yeah. Native American. So you just—it's such a broad range of people that it's right. compelling. So is that kind of like one of the? I guess I guess that would be a highlight of the year. Outside of, I mean, there's so many. I'm sure. But that's kind of like the event of the year. I think that's kind of the culmination for us. Sure. It's always in November. It's around statehood. And so we work on it all year long. Um, as yeah. soon as it's over, we it starts over again for us. And so I do think it is kind of a crescendo to our year because we have these children's programmings all, all year long. We have our Second Century Board, um, which is our emerging leaders. They do an Oklahoma Born and Brood event in August. Okay. Um, we have Teen Board, which has their event. So, I mean, we have so many things happening. But by the end of November, we're coming together and we're putting together the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. And then you kind of cruise through December and get to take on. Unfortunately, get it's our budget it. too. So it's, yeah. I haven't really figured that out. We're on a calendar year. So I end up doing a budget presentation with our board, but it still is, it still is a celebration. It still yeah. is a great night and it's, it's a big night for us. And again, because of social media, because of platforms like what you're on, we are reaching so many more people um, through Facebook and through YouTube. And we actually have a real viral moment right now on YouTube. Vince Gill came and performed a few years ago, um, a song that he hadn't recorded yet. And it mm -hmm. is, it's it got like seven or 800,000. Yeah. Hits. I saw that. Jeff was telling me about that. It's crazy. It's isn't amazing. It? And, and the, that's the person too. If, if I have to think about all the people I've had the privilege to meet, um, you know, we text each other. He is the most low maintenance. I, he wouldn't call me back for a couple of days and I was getting stressed out and he was like, Hey pal, what's, what's wrong? And I'm like, yeah. um, I need to know what music you need. I need to know where you're going to stay. I need to know what night you're going to arrive. And he's like, well, what's, what's wrong? What, what do you need? I just I go, need my good I just need, he goes, first of all, let me help you out. I'll just play acapella. Don't worry about it. And I was like, um, okay. And then he started, he said, listen, you don't need to worry about a hotel. My mom lives there. If I stay at a hotel, she's gonna get mad. So I'm not doing that. And my friend's gonna pick me up from high school. Don't worry about a driver. Don't worry. I mean, 
literally could not do anything yeah. for him. Could not get any, I mean, he was the most low maintenance, easiest to deal with yeah. person. Um, and just one of those things when you meet somebody and you hope they are what you think they are. And he loves Oklahoma. Right. So he's like, hey, call me in time. That's, that's one thing that the greatest part about just meeting people through the podcast, and I'm sure you've had the same experience, is you see people and you read their bio and you know you see them on TV or what they've done. You think, wow, that person, I wonder what they really like. And then you meet them and you're just like, ah, yeah. that's, I'm really happy now because they're just, they're just normal people. Yeah. And they just love, they love where they grew up. Eight months pregnant, had done a live CMAs the night before she was inducted, so she drove on her bus the whole night here because... She, at the time, she didn't want anybody to know she was going to go ahead and stay in Shakota for Thanksgiving. So they brought their buses. And so her husband was there and her son was there. And um, she knew after she had the second baby, she wasn't going to travel for a while. So she I mean, literally was, again, just with my family here. It's so great. Thank yeah. you all. I just, I'm, this is the biggest thing. And I'm like, well, you know, you were at the CMAs last night. Right, yeah. It's like, this is, but this is so much more. I mean, to, to, to come home and to receive an award from where I'm from is so much more meaningful. And so, yeah. You know that you have something special at that moment. Yeah. You know they're really doing, you love coming to work every day because you see people who have received all these accolades. They may have millions of dollars in the bank or they've done all this stuff in their field. And then the one thing that they like, they want the most yeah. is to be in the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. Yeah. And then they get it and like did this, like what house it, I still can't believe it happened. Yeah. It's, like, whoa, really? Like, it's it, a, yeah, it hits home. It's special. Yeah. Is there any, uh, I guess, moments, um, that you can look back on or people that you met that you'd never think you'd ever get the chance to meet or any, I guess any stories from, from the past, it's 15, yeah, 15 years. Of, 15 years. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the fun, I, I've gotten to meet so many great people and, um, you know, when Frank Keating went in, Tom Ridge was his presenter. I'm a political junkie. And so getting to meet the first secretary of Homeland defense and former governor of Pennsylvania and, getting to visit with him about politics and Joseph Lieberman came and introduced Mike Turpin. And so, um, just lots of cool people that I could, you know, meet that way. But, uh, Toby Keith, when he was inducted is probably the funniest because he, um, his son went into eight overtimes. He he called us the week before, two weeks before hall of fame and said, you know, my son's made it into the super bowl of eighth grade football. And guess what night it is. And part of induction is you have to be present. Yeah. Period. Like you can't, you can't phone it in, can't do some, can't do a video from a movie set. And so he said, so it was just kind of quiet on the phone. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I guess it's like November, it's the Hall of Fame. And he said, right. yeah. I said, but listen, I've got it figured out. I've rented a helicopter and we're going to land on the OU Health Science Center roof. And so I'm, we're going to be there. I got me a tux and everything. That's what he said. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Like, this so, is a big deal if he's showing a up in a tux. For real. Yeah. And so, Okay. I was like, okay. And he said, listen, I tell these boys all the time, it's not about them. It's about their team. And he said, there's no way I cannot be here this night. Yeah. And I, you know, what do you do? He's a sure, dad. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay, you're a good guy and a dad. Okay. And then that night I get texts from Jenny backstage, um, my co-producer, and she's like, uh, Toby Keith's son's in his, his, his overtime. And I'm like, what? <laughs> then it's his second overtime. Yeah. I was like, it's comical. And I'm sitting next to Boone Pickens, so I can't, I'm trying to, Keep my yeah, composure. What do you do? No, yeah. I'm trying to keep my composure, and it's so it's our centennial year. So we've got David Stern, Aubrey was inducted that year, and it was a big deal about he had to pay the fine, and um, David Stern was there to introduce Clay. It was just this big show, and um, I keep getting these texts that his sons and his. Fortunately, we had programmed him to be last. So we already knew he was going to be last, yeah. um, and he went into eight, his son was in football pants, and yeah. just came, they, they made it finally. So. So he made it just in time. He made it. Uh, t- he made it about twenty minutes before he was supposed to go on. Yeah, so, yeah. It was a. And not, I said, people, if you're not here, or you wouldn't know that, right? He nobody just would came know. In, threw his tux probably on not. Probably not. That's the good thing yeah. about show business, right? Is that nobody has right. to know all the other stuff. But his, yeah. actually, he got up and told everybody, "My son's in football pants. We had some football tonight." But he is. He was great. That's he was so awesome. cool. And he st- he stayed until every person, including the wait staff, that wanted to take a picture or a selfie or. Um, get an autograph. He stayed until every oh, single person um, yeah. got what they needed. He him. was like that. I played in his golf tournament last year, and he was the same then. Just, I mean, and that's it's double shotgun. It's all day, all day, all it's all night. Previous night, you know, it's a whole weekend kind of thing. People coming in from and he's that's hard work. Yeah, you know, he's on. I think, but I think he is who he is. I love right. that too. I love that he lives here. That's one. Of the, he flies the Oklahoma flag, as I keep saying that. I mean, he's. 
he's you don't have to live here to fly the Oklahoma flag. You just have to be proud of where you're from. Yeah. And uh, and he does that. Yeah. Well. Is there any um, uh, just not celebrities, but just people stories that have really kind of touched you or really just kind of like, whoa, this person has done so much. And they typical Oklahoma thing, they're humble. They don't really talk about it. I think James Woolsey um, was uh, the secretary of defense and he's in the spy museum. Several of his quotes are in the spy museum. And so again, I'm, I'm a political junkie, but you mm -hmm. also just think about our country's history and where we are now when it comes to that. When I will never forget his acceptance speech. He said, you know, I, I can't accept this award without thanking the men and women in our service. I mean, he didn't talk about himself at all. Right. Talked about all the people that were making um, our lives possible and really made it about other people. And I just remember being humbled by that. And I think David Rainbolt gave an incredible speech talking about what Oklahoma could be and can be if we mm -hmm. all work together and we put down our differences because ultimately we want us to be a better state. Um, I, I think those those moments are 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 just pretty powerful. Yeah. And I think back to, you know, Aubrey's gone, um, Aubrey McClendon, and I think being there and, and he was so proud. Again, somebody who's been on the cover of Forbes and mm -hmm. has had so much success. And so I think um, those moments are special just because they were so connected to us. Right. And Aubrey came and participated in our children's program and, and helped us. And so I think Oklahomans, I think the thing about Oklahoma that's so different is if you live in Dallas or Chicago or one of those, you know, bigger, probably we call them metropolitan cities, sure. if you don't have the right last name or you don't have um, family connections, you're not at 30 years old going to get to do a lot of the things that if you're in Oklahoma City and you just want to get involved and you want to help at the arts festival or you believe in sports mm -hmm. or you, whatever it is your passion is, if you're willing to get in and work, you're going to work side by side with Aubrey McClendon or, you yeah. know, Clay Bennett was here sweeping. When we opened this building, he watched every rough cut video. He, he didn't put his name on it and then walk away. He got in and got involved in every detail of this, of this process. And so yeah. if you just want to work and you want to and you care about something doesn't matter i'm from yukon mm -hmm. oklahoma was raised by a single mom and i'm yeah. get, look what i get to do every day yeah and you mentioned leadership oklahoma and leadership okc is another big one too mm -hmm. did you go through both or just one i did i went okay. through leadership oklahoma city and i went through leadership oklahoma and i helped start leadership oklahoma the the loyal program which is linking okay. oklahoma's young adult leaders for their for their emerging leader program uh -huh. so um it's those are great programs if you want to get involved. And I, I would recommend if you're in Oklahoma City, starting with Oklahoma City sure. first and then doing Leadership Oklahoma because the time commitment's a little bit, bit bigger, but it's amazing the things you get to see across our yeah. state. And uh, there's so many, like I said, if you want, if you, you know, you're late 20s, you're 30, whatever it is, there's so much stuff that you can get into, like the leadership or like the, um, I have a friend who's on the, um, uh, the, the food bank board. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember the name of it now, but he's on that and he's like, it's amazing. Right. And he's a young professional on that, and like, but like I said, there's so many, isn't there? There's not just one. No, right? there's, there's not. There's, I mean, so infant crisis. Has, I mean, there's so many. If you believe, if what it's whatever your passion is, yeah. if it's social services, if it's feeding hungry children, if it's you know the Myriad Gardens or being a part of Sizzletail Park or what, whatever, and if it's about, we have an incredible group, the Second Century, mm -hmm. um, which is you know again trying to create that legacy with the Hall of Fame and building that that bench for future leaders. Um, whatever it is, yeah. you can get involved. So people can sign up to be on that set. That we do have a Second Century board, and they can go to our website and learn about how they can get involved in that. Okay. We have a teen board, and those applications will be out soon. And those teen board they get to help be escorts tonight of the Hall of Fame, so they're getting to walk yeah. Carrie backstage, or they're getting to walk, you know. Um, Francis Ford Coppola backstage, or, or you know, again, J.C. Watts, um, right? Huge. Well, and you also mentioned the people who come into town to to introduce those mm -hmm. people. The presenters, like those sometimes are usually are big. a big deal as well, yeah, right? Like sometimes David those Stern's are, kind of a big deal. David Stern is a big deal, and he was a big deal for sure at the yeah. time with everything going on. For, yeah, yeah that's absolutely. So cool. uh, I guess what what's kind of future plans? What, what you know, what do you see for I guess the rest of this year with obviously the new inductees that will be coming in and announcing that and, and November the big event. Um, but kind of future, what, what's kind of the plan? I think growing our reach is always part of the plan. I think leaving the idea that we're an Oklahoma City organization, there's even though we are a statewide organization, because this is where we're headquartered, we want to make sure we are providing programming and opportunities for everyone across the straight, state, even outside um, our, yeah. our boundaries here. So I would say that um, the new class that will come in, we will announce in May um, with a big luncheon, and then 
we are changing our set this year. We have a whole brand new uh, plan to kind of update the show. We're excited about that. We, the platforms will continue to be YouTube and Facebook. What we're realizing is that we had partnered with OETA, who's been a great partner for us, but trying to find additional platforms for people who aren't Mm -hmm. inside the state that want to see it, but even want to see it real time that aren't in the room because the event typically sells out. And so I think also providing, you know, educational resources to students and, and growing our free family programming. That's been something that's that's kind of grew three, it's grown 300% since we started it in 2017. Wow. So obviously we're meeting a need. Yeah. If you're a family of five and you remove the price barrier, then you can come here. You know, uh, we have a spring break program that's in line with Oklahoma City's schedules, Oklahoma City Public Schools, and a fall program in line with their break. And then every summer Thursday from May to September, we have a, or May to August, we have a free program that's story time and craft. And, you know, usually we have, we're fortunate, we have Hall of Famers, you know, Bart Connor's been here. We have lots of people that will come and read and interact with students. Um, And so I think, again, just creating that generation, creating generations of Oklahomans that, no matter what they want to do or where they want to go, they can come back here and, and build mm-hmm. their organizations. And, and and even if they're not going to come back, we want them to fly the Oklahoma flag. Oh, yeah. Be proud of where they're Definitely. from. That's, uh, yeah, that's a great way to end. I'm excited to, you know, be associated with you guys and work together to, to increase the reach and, and get more people in the building. It's uh, And tell more stories, like, you know, just from sitting down with Hal recently and, and just, you know, like yourself and, and everyone else that we're going to set up an interview. Like it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It uh, is fun. And people are going to take a lot from it. And they're going to realize that these people are just, they're just normal people. They love Oklahoma. They grew up the same way that some of the people listening may have grown up or even worse. And, you know, by hard work, they can get to wherever they want to get to. Absolutely. I love it. And I love that you are, um, you're an Oklahoma by choice. I am by choice, yeah. I love that. And it's that accent. I don't know if it's Guyman or Northeast Oklahoma. I can't <laughs> tell. No, I remember the first time I heard you on it, I was like, what? Yeah. Where is that from? I'm not familiar with that. But I love what you do. And I love, again, that you're one by choice as mm-hmm. opposed to by birth and that you're, you're flying the flag. I am flying the flag, yeah. It's, uh, it's a fun flag to fly. It's, uh, I would say that being from Wales, like we do have, like if anyone listening wants to look up the Welsh flag, it's a red <laughs> dragon. And it's probably the best looking flag in the world. Uh, second, <laughs> other than the other than the, shield yeah, of yeah, exactly. Other than the flag that I fly now, which is from Oklahoma. So, uh, Shannon, I really appreciate your time. Thank um, you. And people listening, definitely go to the Oklahoma Hall of Fame uh, online is oklahomahof.com and then on all social media it's just Oklahoma Hall of Fame Instagram at oklahomahof I'll post all these links below so you don't have to worry about listening to me again and we'll catch you next episode cheers thank you for listening we are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.